He looked back at me just as plain as day, and he said, I'm a member of the Ku Klux Klan. It would be my privilege to defend the Nazi. It would be my privilege to defend Charles Manson. People are interested in crime. There's no getting around it, and Americans love violence. Coming to a brothel, you're having the full fantasy experience with somebody who knows, let's say, that there's five different ways to give a handjob plus. You know, talk to me about morality. Shut up. I tell you where you can stick your morality, man. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the latest edition of Unfiltered, the podcast. My name is Brian Prouskany, and with me, as always, Joy Zell Acevedo. And today we have a very interesting episode. Recently, over the past couple of months, there has been many tragedies in the adult entertainment industry. Five prominent porn actresses uh, have died either through suicide or drug overdose. Uh, This has caused a, a big conversation within the industry of sex work in general about many different things, about mental health, about sort of how the Me Too movement seems to be excluded from sex workers, and how sex workers are frequently looked at as second-class citizens or frequently victims of sexual abuse. So we reached out to an adult film actress named Ginger Banks to explain why adult video performers need more support for the kind of work they do, and why are they so heavily marginalized and discriminated against. Ginger Banks is a, a very interesting personality. Um, she was primarily a uh, cam girl for the better part of the past decade, but garnered a huge following in doing so. She's very active on social media and recently just recorded her first full triple uh, X feature. But what's interesting is that she's kind of wearing a couple of different hats these days. Not only is she a sex worker, she's become somewhat of an activist and a voice of reason for people that work in this industry. And what she's really trying to do is paint a proper picture of the types of people that are in these fields, uh, as opposed to the stereotypes that many people believe uh, make up what a porn star is. I think it's hard for the general public to stand up for sex workers because they're going to get backlash. When I read comments on articles about sexual assault happening to sex workers, it breaks my heart because a lot of the people say, well, she's a sex worker, you know, like... Like, you know, she gets f***ed for money. Why can't I, like, grab her right now? Which makes no sense. If you are going to run into a UFC fighter on the street, you're not going to punch him in the face and say, that's your job, right? We just need to teach people to be respectful of anyone, no matter what. It's mostly about human decency and moral law. Like, what is your morality? My name is Ginger Banks, and I've been a sex worker for eight years. When my dad found out, he immediately said, is someone forcing you to do this? Because it's easier to think of that and accept that than it is to realize that your independent, intelligent daughter decided to go into the sex work industry. Eventually, I decided to stop pursuing my chemical engineering degree and do webcamming full time. And it took a while until I, like, got rid of the shame that I had for my job. When I was lying about my job as a sex worker, that was when I was the most depressed because deep down I knew there was nothing wrong with being a sex worker, but I had to hide it and I had to lie to people about my job. And that made me feel terrible. I mean, there are people who probably respect drug dealers like (laughs) that shoot and kill people more than they do sex workers because sex is so negatively viewed still by such a large percentage of the country. 
So that was Ginger Banks, and I think as you can hear already, she is an intelligent person. Uh, she's someone who is incredibly self-aware. And I also like what she kind of said about, you know, her father's judgment and breaking into this industry and her background of leaving behind a potential career as a chemical engineer. Right. Like, that was crazy. Chemical engineering degree and then going to doing webcamming full time. That takes a lot of guts. Totally. Takes a lot of guts. But yeah, there have been plenty of uh, educated people that have made careers within the sex industry. I know uh, back in the day, in the late 90s, there were like, I think there were several vivid contract girls that actually were part of Menza. Whoa. And uh, yeah, even uh, Mia Khalifa actually had a, graduated with a history degree. There's been many crossover adult film stars in the past. There was Tracy Lords, there was Sasha Gray. Um, so it's not entirely all damaged people that find themselves in these fields. There is this sort of erroneous belief that everyone that is involved in the pornographic industry, uh, and Ginger had even said this to me, um, you know, that, that they all have daddy issues, that they all have drug addiction problems. Right. And granted, sure, there are people that are like that within the industry, but it's it's very, it's wrong to try to use that statement to cover everyone that's in that industry. Some people like the work, want the work, and are successful at the work. There are multiple ways in which society treats sex workers as second-class citizens. With the increase in camming and clip sites, the odds that you know a sex worker is probably at the highest it's ever been. And they have to keep it a secret because y'all would treat them like shit if you found out, let's be real. And that's not cool. <laughs> There are mothers who have had their children taken away from them. There are banks and other institutions that have shut down sex workers' accounts. When I finally got rid of that shame, I feel like I've become the best like performance artist I could have possibly become. We are just like any other part of society. In the end, we're all just people who want to provide for themselves and for their families. And that's a very interesting point, because uh, do you know, Joyzel, anyone that is a sex nope. worker? No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> I do have a friend who does that, and I'm pretty sure that... You do? Yeah, and I'm pretty sure that I, you know, the, I probably do have other friends that maybe, you know, webcam for a living or maybe not, maybe on the side. But right. I wouldn't be surprised if they if they did that and they wouldn't tell me. I right. feel like if I did that, I wouldn't tell anybody either. Right. Like a few close people. Ginger has a great video on her Twitter where she says, you know, basically what we heard in the video that there are more sex workers now than ever because of, you know, webcamming and how easy it is to do it on your own these days. And uh, in that video, she actually says, you know, how many more sex workers there are today because of how easy it is to do. And, you know, she basically makes this comment that, you know, your bartender is a sex worker, your waitress is a sex worker, your Uber driver is a sex worker, that you really don't know. You have no idea that, you know, you're, yeah. you're, you're probably surrounded by a lot more people that are doing this than you actually realize. Right. It's a job just like those are jobs. And then part of the gig economy, too, is that you can just do it on your own time. Totally. Kind yeah. Of, yeah. Almost like freelance in a in a way. You know, the, I mean, the interesting thing about, you know, being a webcam girl and stuff like that is that it, it gives you autonomy. It gives you independence. Right. You know, you're not at the mercy of working at, at for a manager at a strip club, you know, or anything like that or some type of sleazy producer. You know, you can make your own money for doing your own thing. And I could see how that that is that is very attractive uh, for many people that need to bring in, you know, either a side income or, or they want to do this exclusively. Exactly. I personally believe that the stigma contributes to people's struggles, and that's what contributes to people's depression. 
You hear people in your family say things. You hear your best friends say things, and it's heartbreaking. And you try and tell yourself, like, you know there's nothing wrong with what you do, but if people are constantly saying that you deserve to be raped and stuff like that, it's hard. You can't, nobody can handle that. A human can't handle that. When you lose hope, when people tell you you're always going to be a slut, no one's going to love you, how do you feel? How can you not get discouraged and somehow want to numb that feeling? So over the past nine months, there have been five prominent porn stars who have lost their lives, as you mentioned before, Brian, including August Ames. Mm -hmm. So for those who don't know, who's August Ames? August Ames was a very prominent uh, adult actress. Uh, She was beautiful. She was gorgeous. But she was really, you know, popular in the world of adult film. And her story is, is kind of interesting in itself because... You know, Ginger is really talking here about, you know, the different harassment you get from people outside of the sex industry and being bullied online and all the trolls that are out there and all the negative comments. Uh, The August Ames situation is very strange because she was bullied both within the industry and outside of the industry. What ended up happening with August Ames was that uh, she was working on a film and, you know, basically when you're at a level that August Ames is at, and most of these actresses, and rightfully so, get to pick the people that they work with, right? You know, you are having sex with these people. It should be up to you, you know. Right, that makes sense. It's your body. It's your body for who you want to do these scenes with. Uh, So one of her rules was that she didn't like to uh, sleep with men that had done what's called man-on-man scenes. Uh, Okay. So basically guys that had done gay pornography. And it's it's in the the porn world, a lot of people do both. A lot of straight guys do gay porn because they actually make more money doing gay porn than they do for straight porn. It's kind of weird that she didn't want to have someone like that. Um, there, there is roots back in the day when uh, gay pornography, like in the 80s and stuff, was sort of you know less regulated than it was today. So you know, basically the idea was that there was more STDs and stuff like that. Today, that's not really the case. I mean, everyone has to undergo the same STD check for most of these mainstream films. Uh, it was explained to me that that happens twice a month. It's on the 1st and the 15th of every month. And when people show up to the to set, you know, they have their paperwork to prove that they've had these tests. Um, but regardless, August Ames didn't want to do a scene with anyone that did this outside of uh, heterosexual pornography. She tweeted not criticizing anyone that does gay porn. What she tweeted was criticizing the producer who was she was working for who lied to her, who said, yes, this guy's only done straight porn. And then she found out, no, he's lying to me about someone that I'm sleeping with. So she literally put the tweet out almost as like a warning for other actresses being like, just just be aware uh, what this guy says is not true. What ended up happening was it sort of opened the floodgates of people considering her a homophobe. People started saying, you know, how dare you, yada, yada, yada. And, you know, she might, I think, personally, I do think she's kind of wrong about, you know, the the gay stars having more STDs. But at the end of the day, it is her body. And, you know, if she doesn't want to sleep with a redhead or she doesn't want to sleep with, you know, a fat guy, you know, I I don't know. I mean, I I just, it's hard to force you know, you should let anyone, you know, have sex with you. Right. You know, right, right. I, I think that's a very weird thing to say. And people were so mean and people were so hard on her uh, that it turned into this kind of like three day online battle. Uh, and it resulted in her hanging herself in her apartment. And then it really, you know, it caused huge ripples in the adult industry because there was a lot of infighting now. A lot of people were like, you know, you wrote these awful tweets, you know, you're responsible for her death, and da 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 da. It really just showed how 
frail some of the egos of these stars are and you know people treat them like these invincible punching bags and uh, and that's really far from the truth after august ames passed away one of her fans posted this video that was all of the negative comments that she received and it was so shocking to see and they were saying things about sex workers that I cannot imagine people saying to our faces and not being able to see how it hurts us and it affects us. And you see that every single day. That is why it's so important to be a part of a community within sex workers because society at large treats us like shit. And it sucks, it hurts. There can never be another Avian Awards show that has a memorial full of young women, ever again. I think when Kevin Moore was giving his speech, it, there, it was silent in the room. We all have the same goal in mind. Nobody wants to see another girl or guy go through something like this because of the way they are treated. It's important to remember that what you do online is the same stuff you should be doing in real life. You shouldn't be screaming at someone and treating them poorly just because they disagree with you. You should be having a conversation with them and maybe trying to get them to see your point of view. It seems like it's porn's problem, but it's not. It's society's problem. So that voice that you heard there was Kevin Moore, who was the widower of August Names, and he said that at the this year's AVN Awards. And um, for people that don't know, those are the uh, the adult video awards. It's um, like the Oscars it's for porn. It's basically the Oscars for pornography. Yeah, and they, they've been happening for a while now. And you see all sorts of celebs and stars, you know, outside of the adult industry uh, go to the AVN Awards. It's a it's a really big deal. But it was sad. I don't think they've ever. To my knowledge, nothing like that has ever, with that type of gravity, has ever been uh, spoken at the AVN Awards. And and when you watch the video, you see the crowd uh, during the AVN Awards, during when Kevin Moore made that speech. And you feel it. I mean, you feel the sadness. You see all the faces there. And you can kind of see this kind of, you know, this shock and this acknowledgement of this issue that's, you know, everyone, I think, in that room felt connected to. Um, you know, like Ginger said there, it, it, you know, it was there was a weird tone in the room. Yeah, I can only imagine, you know, seeing a memorial full of these like young like photos of these young women pop up. And then, you know, he has to just address the elephant in the room. Totally. You know, and then these and these were all very young people. Um, you know, it's very sad that this happened to them. And you know what a lot of people don't understand, too, about porn stars that I wanted to point out is that. You know, sometimes if you look up a porn star's name online, you see like a thousand videos, right? And it seems like they've been in porn forever. That's generally not the case. I know I listened to uh, Mia Khalifa talk about this on a podcast not too long ago, and she had only done porn for about three or four months. But it just so happens that over the course of those three or four months, you do a lot of scenes, right? You get paid for the scenes. So, you know, you could be doing, you know, multiple scenes a week. And, and then before you know it, you have this sort of like very large catalog. Uh, but even she was talking about how she was kind of going through a rough time period during that part of her life. And I don't want to go like pro or negative about people that are in the sex industry, but it, you know, it, it does kind of suck when someone just does it for a couple of months and those things exist forever. And people think that they've like been doing this for years and they really could have been just, it could have been a way to kind of get ahead economically for like just a couple of months, you know? Yeah. And I think a lot of the, um, a lot of the anonymity online also contributes to 
just like what Ginger was saying, like people assuming these things and then people deciding to take it upon themselves to, you know, leave these hateful comments and whatever. Yeah. It kind of really. There's like um, creeps out there that like get off on it. Yeah. 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 You know, there's all sorts of things that are happening uh, for people that work as sex workers right now, for people that are in the adult industry. Um, Our president just did something that uh, a lot of people in this industry are uh, reacting very negatively to. Yeah, he just signed a bill called the FOSTA-SESTA bill. Uh, It stands for, it's two acts, and it stands for the Allow States and Victims to Fight Online Sex Trafficking Act, and the other is Stop Enabling Sex Traffickers Act. And this just happened on April 11th. So the new law aims to crack down on sex trafficking by holding online platforms like Backpage.com, which is a classified advertising site, responsible for any sexual related content. And many sex workers, including Ginger Banks, believe that the law will make it less safe for them to find clients because it targets all online platforms that advertise sexual services. So it'll make it hard for people to screen their clientele and make sure that they're actually doing business with somebody um, who's legitimate. President Trump just signed a bill that will cause sex workers to die. Full service sex workers are already at a higher risk of being murdered due to their job. Taking away their resources to screen through violent clients is just going to make that worse. They are going to accept money from people they normally would not because they don't have the ability to screen them. And this is going to cause the murder of sex workers. If you think that people being forced into sex work is going to stop when we make these safeguards, that is insane. These anti-sex trafficking groups are actually anti-prostitution groups if you look and you actually go in to see what they are doing. The reason that they call themselves anti-trafficking groups is because if they called themselves anti-prostitution groups, all of us who are sex workers would be very openly speaking about it, saying that's wrong. When they call it sex trafficking, I can't speak up against that or else I sound like I'm saying that you should be sold into sex slavery, which is not at all what we're saying. We're saying you should not be conflating sex trafficking to legal consensual sex work. And if we make it safe for people to do sex work, we are going to be making it safer for these people to come forward who are being forced into this industry. We need to make it decriminalized so people can come forward when they're being forced to do it. And the reason that we want decriminalization and not legalization is because it is our body. Once we legalize it, the state tells us when and where and how we can use our body, and that is not what we want as sex workers. It is proven statistically in countries where it is decriminalized that society benefits from it. STD rates go down, so many positive things come from it. My goal in life is to help change the stigma surrounding sex work. And I say help because there's no way I can do it by myself. If we don't have any allies outside of the industry, nothing is ever gonna change. It is important to see us as people because that's what we are. So I guess there is gonna actually be a big protest coming up in Vegas where many different porn stars and other types of sex workers are gonna be uh, marching in the streets to protest uh, these bills. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a crazy thing. I mean, you know, obviously nobody wants to see these cases of, of human trafficking uh, that you know have been found on uh, sites like Craigslist in the past and Backpage. Um, but, you know, as they point out for, you know, people that use these sites to monitor clients and to kind of do legal sex activities, 
uh, it makes it much more difficult. And is this, I guess, the point that Ginger's trying to make is, you know, is this truly curtailing the human trafficking industry or is it instead just hurting all sex workers altogether, you know, because the human, human trafficking is potentially just going to move to the dark web is what she, she claims. And so it's, you know, it's, it's an interesting debate. Uh, you know, how are we taking away a safety factor of, you know, 85 to 90 percent of the people that use this legally uh, to save the poor 10 percent that are put in these awful situations? Right. It's a really good point. Uh, and I think one thing that, you know, Ginger is really speaking about that is important is that the sex industry needs allies outside of the sex industry. You know, they need people to to, to look at them as equals. It, it, it is so important, I think, for people within the sex industry to rely on one another, uh, to share stories, both good and bad. Uh, you know, there's just sort of a, a network that can lead to safety there, I think, by people uh, not being secretive about these things, but being, you know, out about them. But what really needs to happen is people outside of the sex industry need to stop looking at them and stop being so judgmental mental uh, about the choices that these people have made. And yeah, in a way, sex workers are, you know, first and foremost workers. Exactly. Exactly. It is a trade. And like she says, uh, society treats sex workers as second class citizens. Right. Which leads us into our bonus clip, uh, which Ginger Banks talks about the double standard that workers, sex workers face in society. It seems like I'm always having to work against people. I'm constantly having my accounts deleted and nothing is done about it just because I'm a sex worker. Sex workers have a different set of rules that we have to follow on social media compared to Kim Kardashian and Justin Bieber. We cannot have our bare asses shown. They can and it's a double standard and it sucks. So all we can do is talk about it and try and acknowledge the problem and maybe some people will end up changing their minds and seeing how they treated us poorly because I know I used to treat sexually open women like because I was sexual inside and I was holding it in, you know? Just like the people who are the biggest homophobes. Who knows what's going on inside their minds, you know? It's like, so I always try and talk about why I was so negative towards sexual women in the past and how I changed and how I grew and how I have benefited from that. And there you go. I mean, there's, you know, there's a true definition of a double standard, uh, particularly, you know, online and on social media. I mean, you know, I feel like most people in this country have seen every inch of Kim Kardashian's body. Oh, uh, yeah. You see there's a whole bunch of skin showing on almost all the sisters Instagrams, really. And somehow there's just sort of this weird acceptance of certain celebrities to do or look certain ways, but then when it becomes an official porn star, it becomes taboo. Right. When sex becomes the central subject, then that's where the problem begins. Uh, Thank you so much, guys, for listening to this week's podcast of Unfiltered. Uh, As always, if you haven't seen the video, go to yahoo.com to check out our video version of the Ginger Banks interview. And make sure you come by next week for a brand new episode of Unfiltered, the video series and Unfiltered, the podcast, which you can find on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.